Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host, Mr. Jono Petrahilos, currently generates over a million dollars a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. Along with listening to our podcast, make sure to join the Course Creator Community Facebook group. It's one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the space. You'll find the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get to today's show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week, all the way from Israel. I think he's the first um, person from Israel we've had on this podcast. It's about 11.30 p.m. at night over there. So if he can, if he can stay up for the full podcast, I'll be impressed. A little bit about this person. He's the owner and founder at Kivi Media. He helps creative people, coaches, and podcasters to expand and monetize fast. He's got something like 250 courses or more, I believe. He's a podcaster. He's a founder. He's an owner. He's an author. He's a father. He does every trick in the book. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Ziv Raviv. Ziv, how are you? That's so kind of you. Hello, Jono. It's such an honor to be here. Uh, in the Cost Creator Community Podcast. And uh, just to be a part of your uh, community is, is a pleasure. So many people that contribute and, uh, and share, and I'm here to do the same and to help every single audience member right now listening to this to get some inspiration and some uh, practical advice. Love that. Well, Ziv, I like to start all these podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? I do. And this is one that I actually use uh, daily with myself when I uh, journal or uh, with my team members when I meet them and I I keep on reminding them, why are we here? And um, to me, it's the line... um, that like why why do I wake up in the morning? It's to make this world a prettier place, one business at a time. Mm. And what stands behind it is, um, like in the very core essence of it, is that I believe that uh, businesses have the power to actually change the world to make it a better place. Mm. And businesses, unfortunately, are ugly. They need to be prettier. And in order to, to, to get us there to, to a place where people enjoy like the beauty of business, um, the businesses that actually help, that actually provide value, that are entertaining, that are, info, that are educational, that are transformational, all these good things, they come when the business is also pretty from, from the outside and from the inside. And that's what, uh, what motivates me. It's making, like taking one business at a time, my businesses, other people's businesses, and just making them uh, prettier and more successful. Love that. Super inspiring and a good way to look at it. Uh, Ziv, I've obviously been following you for a while now. I heard you on a podcast and I was like, okay, this guy's cool. I've got to reach out to him. You know, heard a bit of your story and I'm like, okay, this guy knows a thing or two. Uh, for the listeners that maybe haven't heard of you before, do you want to give us a bit of background? What is it you actually do? How did you get into it? What do you do now? Tell us that story. So uh, it's actually um, a, a story that is complicated because I, nowadays to, I have six different businesses with a podcast uh, for each business and, and an online school on some of them. And, and so it, it, it becomes something that uh, is hard to 
explain. I, I met a, a group of, of uh, clients uh, a few, a couple of weeks ago and I met like face to face was such, so exciting to face to like a meetup. And finally to be able to do that after, you know, years of Zoom, people were telling me, hey, oh, you actually have feet and, and you can walk and it's not just like the, the, the Zoom version of Ziv. Well, uh, one of the people there that was trying to explain to other people, what do I do? And he said, you know how does like the show business industry, show business? Well, Ziv does the business side of things in show business. Uh, and I thought that was a very fair introduction. My background was actually in, as a, prop, uh, as a like, software developer and a project manager in high-tech uh, software companies. I was making uh, 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 like $7 million a year for my company for Ooh. every decision that I've made. And I was like excited for them, but not so excited for me for what I get out of it. And I had this uh, uh, idea, this passion to go into the show business, to uh, be a full-time magician and kids entertainer and make a living as a, as a, like a solopreneur. And back then I had a little baby. Uh, his name is Idan. He was six months old. He needed diapers. He needed food. And uh, he needed a dad that can provide to the family. And I got the slap in the face of uh, becoming uh, like, a, like a leaving the day job maybe a day too early and uh, noticing that I'm not making enough money to provide for my family. And what it forced me to do was to learn marketing, mm. really learn marketing, like study a local business marketing type of marketing and event, in the event industry. And, and from there, learn copywriting and learn automation and learn like search engine optimization and whatnot. And eventually I got to 10x my business in one year wow. from doing $9,000 a year to, to, to doing $90,000 a year. And it made me think, hey, I know some things that I should share with other people. And uh, that was the birth of the first podcast, uh, which was uh, that is called the Balloon Artist Podcast. It's basically a podcast for people that uh, take those, take balloons, those long balloons, and twist them into shapes, uh, into balloon animals. And some of them will take those balloons and make them into these huge constructions that will decorate an event. And uh, those people, uh, they are consider themselves as artists. I consider them as artists, mm. artists too. Um, and 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 as a practitioner of this art form, uh, it was easy for me to go to go in and say, hey. Let me teach you business. Let me teach you marketing. Let me share with you what did I find out uh, in this year of, of uh, immense growth. That was the original moment like uh, back then when I created my first podcast. And that created a list, an email list of 400 people that are uh, actively listen to my ideas and love this uh, concept of uh, personal development. And that was my first launch at the end of uh, uh, 14 episodes of my podcast. I launched my first online course, did $11,000. Wow. And that was just like the first out of over 250 online courses that I've launched in the last uh, six years. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Now, am I right in saying, Ziv, 2021, 
just in that one animal balloon business, so not including all your other ones, just in that animal balloon one, you generated over $130,000. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's, US dollars. US dollars, right? That's not, um, yeah. you know, pesos or something. That's that's hundred thirty. Yeah, it's not yeah. the not not the Canadian ones. Uh, the the yeah. US one, <laughs> not um, the Australian ones. They're a bit less as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so uh, we did one hundred thirty thousand dollars this year, uh, despite uh, objectively hard conditions in mm. the market because uh, of the pandemic uh, and the like. Pandemic 2.0, which is uh, like the Delta pandemic. And now, quick question, Ziv, do you sell just yeah. to Israelis or do you sell all over the world? Uh, it's all over the world. So, okay. mainly, basically, uh, everything I do is in English. Uh, it's people in, in America, in Canada, USA, UK, yeah. uh, uh, a lot of uh, people in Australia yeah. uh, who listen to podcasts in English. And from time to time, there will be other countries in, in Europe where people will listen to podcasts in English because it's such a micro niche yeah. that only certain people uh, know of. or, or no, Like they, they know that there's not a lot of podcast options to listen to, so they listen to that. Gotcha. All right. So I'm interested in, in that, Ziv. You know, like a lot of the courses you see that do well financially, they're usually, you know, um, business courses, marketing courses, um, yeah, maybe some fitness courses, relationship course, like animal balloon. It's not one that I would, would pick there. So what can you, t- what's the secret? How are you able to do that? So first, first of all, I have to say it's like, technically it's balloon animals and not animal balloons. We, we, oh, okay. we, it's the other way around. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what? I believe in the power of a micro niche, like mm-hmm. you, you, the, the smaller the pond, is the easier it is to be a big fish yeah. in that pond. Yeah. Um, and um, people will respond to you when they see that you are a part of that small community. Yeah. Um, they, it, it will be able to uh, create relationships way faster with the influencers, which is a really powerful uh, uh, strategy to, to use influencers uh, marketing to, to create those real powerful relationships. Um, and it doesn't have to be that the, that the industry is small. Like, for example, balloon art, there's the, basically 3,000 people in the entire world that are making real significant money, let's say, uh, uh, between, uh, between $10,000 to $100,000 a year. There's about 3,000 people in that bracket. Oh, wow. Okay. In the entire world. And, yeah. and, and uh, so... Yes, the one way to go micro niche is with that, but another way is just to go uh, micro niche with the problem that you solve. So only mm-hmm. a very, very specific problem, and that makes it easier for you to to speak in a way that is that people listen to it. Um, so um, it's 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 really it's really interesting. Once people listen to you, you can actually uh, ask them questions and listen back. I call it listening harder because you need to really listen hard, like really pay attention to what people are telling you. For example, on a Facebook group, you, you ask questions when they join your Facebook group, and that's very smart. I use this for years. I ask people questions like, for example, the question that is, um, you know, of course, where, where can I send you a gift? I prepared a guide about this. 
So you collect their email address and always try to grow an email list uh, because that's, the, that's your asset to, to own and to use and to grow with. But uh, for example, the question, what is your number one uh, 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 desire to get out of joining this group? Like what is your, and what is your number one problem that you're hoping to overcome by joining this group? Those two questions, for example, creates an opportunity for you to listen. And uh, of course, being a podcast interviewer as well gives you the opportunity to listen to what people want. And once you hear that, you know what they need and you know what they want, you can create those solutions and you can create those online courses and those other offerings. Online courses is not the only way that we make money, of course, it's coaching and group coaching and uh, other services. Um, but uh, that's the beginning. You have to create an audience that you can talk with them and hear back some, some, some responses. Gotcha. Let's, let's spend a minute there. So let's say someone's listened to this and they're like, Hey, I'm good at what I do, but I don't have an audience. Is your recommendation <clears throat> is podcasting always the best? Is it usually the best? Is it sometimes the best? What, or is that just the option you chose? What can you tell us there about someone that's looking to build an audience? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. The, the, that's a great question because the real answer is it depends on, on you and your skills. Yeah. So in general, if you're really prolific with one of these uh, skills, either writing textual, you know, writing articles, writing blogs, posts, um, or books even, um, or you're very prolific in, you know, talking and being into meeting people and talking, uh, and, uh, or maybe you are uh, skillful in video editing. Mm. You actually, you actually know how to do that. Then you can, you should actually choose according to your skills. If I had it all my way and everything in the perfect world, if I had a magic wand and I could choose which one of these three skills I could master, I would actually prefer video editing and, and, and like uh, being able to uh, either with a team or by myself to, to be able to uh, create uh, videos very, very efficiently because in the world, uh, the status of the actors in a, in a movie is higher than the status of a book author, right? And that is higher than the status of like a newspaper article uh, writer, yeah. right? So, yeah. and that is important. It's, it's also a very saturated market to be on YouTube mm. uh, on many, many niches. Just there's a lot of content there. So you need to really be good in a lot of ways, in SEO, in search engine optimization for YouTube, in production values, and in uh, constantly being uh, product productive uh, with your channel, um, and 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 I found it to be hard personally. That's why I chose podcasting 
I, I, I'm very technical, I'm a technical savvy type of person. I, I know develop, I know, you know, to write code. I, 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 I'm a, a writer and an author. So I know how I love writing on topics that I love and how I don't really enjoy it when I have to write it on a topic that was dictated by a content plan that I created. Mm -hmm. So I prefer being a little bit more creative on that. But if you, if I have a schedule for a podcast, I don't mind meeting people on certain schedule and making sure that this happens. <coughs> so uh, I listened to my strengths and I chose podcasting. And also podcasting is the cheapest to delegate parts of the production line, like to delegate the audio editing, super cheap, yeah. relatively. Um, it can go down to like $40 an episode. If you need a video editor for each episode, a two-minute video can cost you way, way more than 40 bucks to, to, to do an editing. Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know. If you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together, at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. You around, I'm talking about like a video editor that will be with you for every single week could be easily uh, uh, more than $600 a, a month and up to like thousands. And if you only need uh, audio, audio editing, $40 a month for four weeks in a month, $160, that's such a low barrier to entry. And of course, I didn't start with that. I started with learning how to do it myself yeah. um, and, and spend hours, five hours uh, even every week just on the audio editing phase. So it will be a whole day every week to create content. Um, um, it's a lot of time investment. And over time, nowadays, I can do it in, in one hour a week uh, because I will only do the, the actual interview and send everything to my team to, to, to process. Uh, at the beginning, you have to actually um, choose your niche, your micro niche, and start to be prolific and consistent and reliable and solve problems, real problems in the world, as small as possible even. Of course, if you have a big problem that you know how to solve, do that too. But don't be overwhelmed by you know, not knowing how to solve the bigger problems yet. At the beginning, just take one problem and solve it. My first lead magnet for the podcast, you can go and check it out. It's all like online. It's, it didn't change anything. Like you can go to episode one, season one. The first uh, uh, um, content upgrade on that podcast episode, I because uh, I do them uniquely for each episode. I have a unique upgrade, a unique lead magnet. The lead, that lead magnet was a direct continuation of the conversation of what we discussed on that, uh, on that podcast. But actually the value was one Google search. All I did for that content, piece of content was to go to Google and be creative on what to search. I searched for the one thing that was discussed on the conversation and was not you know, uh, practical enough because we talked about what you need to do, but we didn't show 
the, mm. the results. And so I could say, you want to see the results? Here they are in this PDF. Give mm. me your email address, I'll send you the PDF. And so when you look at it, for, for it gives a lot of value because it, it saves you the time to think about it. And it's like an easy request. Uh, but in terms of like the efforts on my side, it was literally just a Google search and create a Google Doc and package it as a PDF. And, um, and so I solved the problem. It was so small. Over time, I learned how to solve bigger problems. And, and, over, over, and, and over time, I could bundle those solutions into systems, into frameworks, into online courses. And later on, create even you know, communities and subscription-based offers and coaching and whatnot. But at the beginning, it's just to choose a niche, which is not, uh, it's, it's something that you should do well. Like there's, there's, there's bad niches and, and good niches. We can talk about that, how to choose a good niche. But once you choose a niche, you, you know you can uh, provide value to, just choose three problems and solve them as soon as possible and show, it, show your solution to people. Okay, so many good bits of information there. Let me think of where to start here. To summarize what Ziv said there, my take on it is I think the key is pick, pick, look at your strengths. You know, are you a better writer? Are you better um, talker? Are you better on video? Whatever strengths you've got there, go all in on that. Whether it's a podcast, YouTube channel, blog, social media, whatever it is, go all in on that. My take on, on that as well, I think what I think is important is also to have a strategy. I think that it's different for different people, but I think if you're struggling and your strategy was kind of like, all right, I'm just going to start an Instagram channel and and do my best. It's sort of no one's fault, but your own, if you're struggling, but if you've done maybe a course or hired a mentor and they said, Hey, here's exactly how it works. You post this, you use this hashtag, you, you know, here are some ideas to do there. Here's how you do this. Then you're, you're pushing the odds in your favor there. I, me personally, I think it's almost arrogant to assume that you can just start up a platform, start up a YouTube channel without knowing how it works and, and think you're going to be successful. Maybe some people do. Maybe some people get lucky. Maybe some people are just naturally really, really good. Um, but it is quite quite hard to do. So I th- that's my take there. Um, let's expand on a couple things there. There's kind of, I'll, I'll ask you two questions and then answer them how you want. Question number one is, is there's a couple of things to it. Let's say the channel. Let's say you start a channel or whatever. And let's say you, know, you don't get a lot of success at the start. At what point do you sort of be like, all right, this isn't working. It's either the channel or it's the niche or, or whatever. What sort of point there? And that might tie into kind of like, how do we find the niche? And when do we go hard? Like, do we do the research first, then start the channel? Or do we start the channel and that's our research? What I know it's a bit of a mixed bag, but what can you tell us about that sort of topic there? It's a, it's a great topic. First of all, I totally agree that uh, it's, a, it's a great idea to have mentors and to have a coach and to have strategy. It's a must. Uh, it kind of goes without saying, but that should be said. So I totally agree with that. And I was listening to podcasts yeah. like Pat Flynn and I was yeah. reading a lot of books uh, about uh, uh, business and entrepreneurship before going into it. And... And, and, and I've made a shitload of, of mistakes, if I can say so. Um, so how do, you, <coughs> how do you know when to stop? That's, I think, yeah. is the first question. Yeah. 
And I, I, I want to give a, an example of a, a, a quick case study of one of my clients, a coaching client of mine that I've been working with him for two years. And in the first year, I noticed that he spent a lot of time on Instagram, but I'm not seeing real results from it. So I asked them, how about we stop your Instagram channel? Because like they, they were getting two clients a year from there. And they were spending a lot of efforts, a lot of energy. And uh, it was a hard decision. It took them about 18 months to eventually say, okay, I'm going to listen to you on this one and stop uh, all of my activities on Instagram. And as a result of the, the free time, that was uh, like, in, in, even, even though some of it was delegated, there was still like some time where they were hoping they would to get results from it. So they were not spending that much uh, 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 efforts on other things. Once we took that excuse out and focused on other things, that were more tailored to, to, to the strategy that uh, they needed. Uh, they completely like skyrocketed their business and did their best year ever from stopping to doing something that was not like, that was basically busy work. Mm -hmm. So yeah. while social media can be very efficient for certain specific uh, businesses and people, um, I believe in minimalism i believe like just do do less but do it really really good yeah. um so when do you know how to stop uh i know uh there's like a little gary vaynerchuk in me that says hey you know sometimes if you know the solution is right if you know this is like your calling to do this specific specific thing wow take a year or two even right mm. yeah yeah but um if you're doing it professionally, meaning you chose to go into a niche. It's not your life journey that you have to do this. Mm. You ch you're choosing a niche. I think that three to six months yeah. should be enough to give you data uh, about if you were consistent, if you actually yeah. produced uh, uh, content and, and solutions every week, if you created a collaboration with an influencer every week, then oh man, in three, three months time, up to six, you should be able to uh, have enough data points. Yeah. And as a, as, a, as a tool for validation, you, you should be able to get to a point where after those six months or three months, you are asking people to meet you over Zoom and five people are not just showing up, but they're willing to pay you money in that mm -hmm. call for something that you never even built. Yeah. If you get to that level, that is a big checkbox for, yes, you're in the right niche. Yes, you have uh, a business opportunities here to create a six-figure business even with mm -hmm. just that information. And if no one, no one actually replies to your message that said, hey, do you, do you want to meet? That means you're totally off with your positioning, with mm -hmm. understanding what is the niche. Your niche is not really a niche. It's a micro niche. It's a macro niche. It's a huge, huge niche but it's not well-defined. Those people do not feel attached to each other or to you and you should uh, go and find another niche. So that's the first question. I hope this is like a practical yes, answer. Good. Yeah. As for how to find your niche, uh, that one, uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of books and, 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 and stories and online courses about that. I have a, an approach that is, a little bit different. It's a little bit more practical. 
And I use three tests to choose if a niche is good for me, if it's going to be successful uh, for me. Because you asked, should we go in before the research or after the mm -hmm. research? I, I definitely think research is first. And, uh, and, and, and research, you know, there's so many search engines that can help you. There's Google, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, there's Amazon for books. Um, there's uh, like uh, Google for websites and Google for blogs and Google for products. Like you, could, you could search so in so many ways. Of course, Instagram, t Twitter, <coughs> LinkedIn. Oh my God, like with, uh, with LinkedIn groups and there's just so many options for research that um, skipping it um, is, um, is a crime. Um, it's just something you should do uh, and spend time on. Uh, but as for like, you, you, you see so many ideas, maybe this is my niche, maybe this, maybe that. How do you choose one? Um, I believe in three different tests that will help you make the decision. Um, the first one is uh, findability. The second test is um, braggability. And the third test is sellability. So really quick, findability means you can find someone to interview or to collaborate with on a resource um, very, very easily. Because you're going to need to find about 50 of these people for every year that you operate, right? So. How do you find 50 people to interview? Well, the question is like, how hard will it be from one to five? For example, let's say you chose to do a podcast about um, uh, coffee machines, right? Uh, and not just coffee machines, it has to be um, specifically about um, uh, home, ho like coffee machines for, 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 the, for the home, not for coffee shops. And, but the, mo the most expensive ones, okay? Maybe that's, that's what you're considering as a niche. So how hard is it to find someone that either sell this type of coffee shops or design them or, uh, like, or, 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 or use them or something like that from one to five? I would personally think it's about like five, sorry, and the, 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 the meter goes like this, like uh, the scale is, if it's five, it's super easy. Like okay. I can do this every day. If it's one, oh man, I, I'm not going to find those interviewees and uh, collaborators. Yeah. So for one to five, because the coffee example is a little bit complicated, I like those coffee making machines, makers, those companies that are too busy for me, they yeah. don't know me. They're not going to come to the interview. Uh, so actually, I would say two, two to three on yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. But if I chose instead to do a podcast on dentists in America yeah. that are women, women, women dentists, that's my, my, my niche, right? Yeah, yeah. If I need to find women that are dentists in America, in USA, yeah. That would be a 4.8 to yeah. like easy, easy factor. Like one, just so one, easy. One question here, Ziv, with that, is that are you looking for those people, the dentists to be the guest, or are you looking for people that already have the list of dentists to be the guest? Uh, I'm looking for influencers okay. in 
in that niche. So for again, influencers or any any people that I found in the research, like they have a website, they sell something, they have a podcast, they have a book, they have a a blog, yeah. they have a YouTube channel. That, if that other dentists will look at, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Cool. So it could be dentists. It could be coaches that help dentists. It could be yep. copywriters that help dentists. It could be lawyers that help dentists. It could yep. be customers of dentists that have some insight, whatever. Yep. 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 Um, so because finding dentists, I know where they congregate in Google, right? In Google Maps, they, you can go yep. in and you can find a list. Um, then the fadeability uh, test is super easy. Mm. The next test is braggability. So if I bring them to my podcast, will they talk about them being on my podcast? Will they brag about it? Yeah. One means they will never brag about it. Five, they will for sure brag about it. So if your yeah. podcast is uh, Backache Solutions, this, the Backache Solutions podcast, right? And I have a backache and I was interviewed on your show, I will not brag about it. Mm. I will not go back to everyone I know and say, oh, wow, some, some dude asked me about my back being yeah. achy for 20 years. No, I don't get any social coins from it. Yeah. But in the podcast, Best Women Dentist in USA, mm. if you were interviewed to Best Women Dentist USA, I'm sharing. you will brag about it yeah. for sure. Yeah. And where will you brag? Most likely also in a place where other dentists uh, are, you know, some Facebook groups or whatever that they see you uh, or, or at the very least, those people know each other. Yeah. You've got some friends, so, some mutual friends, connections. It's very exactly. unlikely you're a dentist and you don't know any other dentists. <laughs> no? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So in the variability test for the dentist uh, option, I would say the test result would be about 4.5 or 4.8 or 5. They yeah. will brag about us. Yeah. So in this findability test, I need a 4.5 plus to yeah. choose that as a niche and the breakability 4.5 plus as well. And then comes the sellability test. Mm -hmm. Sellability is the hardest. I need to be able at the end of the interview or the collaboration, it doesn't have to be an interview. It can also be that you just contacted them and said, can you, Give me some advice on this PDF, on this ebook, on this solution. Can you contribute some a piece of uh, advice? Can you, uh, the interview can be on a blog or on YouTube or on a podcast. It doesn't have to be uh, like a specific way. But you want to be doing a lot of these because you need to penetrate through the thick layer of noise, which is um, being alive in 2022. It's just people are so busy. There's a thick layer of a lot of noise that people are going to ignore you unless you pierce through it with the help of people that are already inside the bubble of other people. So that's why the influencers are so key. That's why interviewing is so important. So if you um, look at the sellability, you want to be able at the end of the collaboration or the interview to sell something either directly to the interviewee or to their audience. Now, selling is a hard word. I just mean an exchange of value. It could be like a lead magnet, like you're giving some piece of value in exchange for an email address. It could be um, an exchange of time where 
because of the collaboration, people attend your webinar or your lecture online, and that was the exchange of value that, that influencer marketed basically your webinar. Uh, it could be an exchange of money, but not like an indirect exchange where they get a coupon or even an affiliate fee for promoting your stuff. So the question is, will they be willing to uh, participate in this exchange of value? This is actually a question now that, that you, you're already starting to look at the end result. What am I going to sell? Mm -hmm. So if it was dentists, right? And my uh, solution is marketing, marketing services. I sell marketing service. I want to sell marketing services for dentists. Um, <coughs> so um, if I'm going to finish the interview with this woman that just did the interview for the best women dentists in the world, and I told her, by the way, I'm sitting on this uh, list of uh, 1,000 people in your city that are complaining about problem in finding the right dentist. Um, is that something you want to buy for $100, right? Just, the, just an example, not necessarily the product yeah, that yeah, uh, yeah. one might do or that I offer. Just as an example, um, most likely that, that, that uh, interview will say, oh yeah, I would like to buy that, that list or I, that, that's something I care about. I need more leads. I want to grow. So yes, um, same goes with, you know, offering some sort of an ebook or some offer. Hey, uh, did you know that receptions in dentists, we, we did the research and we found out there are five things you can improve in, in a dentist uh, office in the reception. It's, it's free. Here's the link. Do you mind sharing that with your dentist friends? It's really good advice. Um, and she will probably say yes. So from one to five, how likely will she sell your stuff, help you with selling your stuff? And in this example, it's like, I don't know, 4.6. Mm -hmm. So again, anything above 4.5 where you know there's so many things you can create for them that they will wanna either buy or promote for, uh, for you. That's, that means that you have a winner. You have a niche, a micro niche, that you can go in and just by trusting the process of being generous, of listening to, people, uh, to people's needs, of creating uh, solutions to their problems, of creating high value content regularly, just doing that for once a week. And uh, over time, the opportunities will just organically create for you to grow and to sell. Wow. Love that. Okay. So many good bits of, of info there. I'll summarize a few things there. So I love that three-part test. I think that's that's great. The findability, the braggability, the sellability. Let's spend a minute on the sales side of things. Then I've got some finishing up questions there. So, and this is like a process, right? First, you need the niche, then you do the, the questions, then ideally you should know exactly what the problem is and you should have an idea of, of what you're going to sell. What about the actual physical sales, Ziv? Do you do that with emails? Is it webinars? Is it phone calls? Like once you've built that list and you've got a good idea of, of what the problem is and you know your solution is, what's the, the vehicle you usually use to sell? The vehicle has to match the product that you're selling or the service that you're selling. So if you're selling an ebook or an online course that is 
uh, under $100, the vehicle should be a sales page and traffic mm -hmm. form and email. Yeah. That's it. Don't do a webinar for it because it's too cheap to make a decision through a webinar. Yeah. If it is a membership, uh, you can do that in the sales page, low-end membership, like under $100. You can do it in a membership, in, 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 a, in, a, in a sales page and, and, and emails. Um, if you're selling a higher-end course, so something like around $300 plus, all the way up to uh, even uh, around 2000 minus, um, then you can even uh, stay with the same tactic of email marketing, sales page, and maybe if you can uh, boost it a bit with uh, either a Facebook group with social uh, posts or with some retargeting on, on, on with a pixel, with a Facebook pixel. Um, if you're selling higher and higher, higher end, like uh, coaching or online courses that cost four figures, like 2000 plus, um, I find the most ideal way would be with a webinar funnel, meaning email marketing leads to, uh, to a webinar. Webinar leads to a five-day uh, email sequence for the launch of the program. And even um, we got the best results on selling like group coaching uh, programs for anything between two to $5,000. Uh, we would use uh, a Zoom uh, qualification call. So it's a 15 minutes uh, sales call. Um, that uh, is the backend offer. So the sales page is actually only selling the meeting. It doesn't give you the information yet. They, they learn about the price point in the meeting. Yeah. And, and for higher end programs, that is the most efficient uh, way to go. Is it possible to sell a program for $3,500 on just an email list and a sales page? Yes, it is possible, but you will sell it to the low-hanging fruit, the people that are the warmest mm -hmm. in the email list. So once you will do that, you will, you will okay. uh, uh, consume them, and yeah. then you will either need to grow your list or change your tactics uh, later on for the next batch. So, um, so it's all about the vehicle has to match uh, what you're actually selling. Gotcha. So to summarize that, if it's three figures or less or less it's pretty much a email and a sales page some sort of thing like that if it's sort of that one thousand to two thousand dollar mark then we do it off um an email list to attend a webinar and then after the webinar either buy now we'll get some emails after that as well if it's the higher end like over two thousand dollars then it's probably going to be a a zoom call as well were those those numbers there yeah, uh, with a little bit of, uh, like, if you are selling it in the middle range, you probably need a Facebook group or oh, uh, retargeting gotcha. to kind of uh, remind people a little bit more. Um, of course, this is, it depends on the actual solution. Yeah. And uh, uh, some people will do it uh, in another way. This is the, these are the tactics that I find uh, to be working well and have proven data about it. Um, sometimes we try to complicate things. Mm -hmm. Like we say, oh, I have an idea. I'll start a YouTube channel yeah. for this funnel. And then like I will uh, establish my name there. And then I will use Facebook ads and Google ads. But ask yourself this. What are the five most efficient tools that other people that are already successful in this market are using? 
And you would notice that, for example, webinars, mm-hmm. the people that are doing the webinars the most, they're selling higher-end programs. They're not mm-hmm. selling a $37 course. Um, and so uh, you just need to ask us, like, have, have those mentors, but also have those heroes and kind of deconstruct, reverse engineer what they're doing and just try to keep it simple. Usually you only need five things. You need an email list, you, have, you need a stunning sales page, you need uh, um, um, to have uh, like a solution that works, you need a shopping cart, you need uh, uh, relationships, like to warm up relationships, right? The, pretty much that's, that's all you need to, to sell. On the first l- launch I did, that made $11,000, I did not have a sales page. I wanted the price point to be $800 back then. Yep. Uh, that course later cost $1,600, 1800 $2,000, $2,400. And like these days, uh, uh, I sell the second version, uh, like the most advanced version of it uh, actually uh, for over $4,000. But um, that initial launch, the initial spark of like, let me take you people and do a group coaching and help you out in your business, uh, the same transformation promise. Um, it was $800. I did a webinar. I had a piece of note, like a post-it note that uh, I had on it, like the, 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 the names of the stuff that I will cover. So it said Google ads, search engine optimization, um, copywriting, automation, like literally there's mm-hmm. six or seven things. And I went on the webinar and I told people, this is what I'm doing. And, and this is why you're only paying half. And, uh, and then I made $11,000 um, at the back end of it. So uh, over time, you get better in, mm-hmm. in your tools if you want um, to get predicted results. I think, some, I, mean, there's, I think some important things there. So I think, yeah, the simplicity is great. Even five is a lot of tools, you know? <laughs> Even starting off, it can be as simple as, you know, a Facebook group, an email list, and Zoom and PayPal. So maybe it is five. You're right, actually. You know, but it's so easy these days. Going into business, the the barrier is so low right now. Yeah. It's never in the world was that easy. Most you, of those tools are free as well. Yeah. Like you, Facebook, you could literally you know? on, on, on top of a Facebook group yeah. that is very, very active. And maybe a podcast, those two together, even with, with, uh, without a, a stunning website, you yeah. could already make your first sell. Yeah. Do you want a website? I think you do. Mm-hmm. I think you want it because it could be your hub and it could be like a way to grow. You need an email list. You can do an email list for free on yep. one of the Ocean services at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. They've got free options yeah. for up to yeah. a thousand. We, we, it is. Exactly. With yeah. PayPal, MailerLite or MailChimp, yeah. a Facebook group, yeah. Uh, already these just these three, you could already build a business in the micro niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom, free Zoom as well. Maybe you need to teach the the things, you know. Yeah, and, and you know what? Even if it's not free, this is yeah. like seriously. You need to think about it, like it's fifteen bucks a month. Yeah. It, like take all of these tools together, spend three hundred dollars a month. It's scary at the beginning, but mm. if you take into consideration that you're building something that should be making tens or even more thousands of dollars a year. Um, those expenses are just the cost of doing business. And um, I'll, I'll go further on that. It's kind of like yeah. if you're asking someone for money, but you don't want to pay money yourself, 
It's a bit of incongruence there, you know? It's kind of like, yep. how can you sell a course for 300 bucks if you're not willing to pay 300 bucks in, in subscriptions, you know? Or how are you willing to ask someone for 300 bucks exactly. if you don't want to spend 20 bucks on this, you know? And even the, the little things, it should be like, because your expenses, you can, at best, you can get them to zero. And I doubt you can ever get them to zero, but at absolute best, you could make it, you could run a business on zero expenses, but then you're going to be paying, it's going to take you more time. It's going to take you more, Way effort, more time, you know, whereas your income is uncapped. You know, it's kind of like, all right, I might spend an extra 20, 30, $100 on this software here, but that's going to allow me to make even more back and make it easier. So I think it's a, a different mindset. Uh, but Hazif, I want to be sensitive of your time. I know it's late over there and I've got a few finishing questions I always like to finish up with. The first one is around course platform. So many different ones out there. You've got over 250 courses, so I'm sure you've tried a, tried a lot of them. What's your current preferred platform either that you like or that you recommend? So first I want to say this, it's really important for me because people that are listening to this, um, uh, I care about you. I want you to be successful. So imagine you had a ladder, right? And you need to use that ladder to go over this big brick wall, right? And you take the ladder and you put it on the floor, like literally flat, like a person lying on, the, on its back. Well, that ladder has now became useless if what you're trying to do is go over mm -hmm. that big brick wall. Yep. If you just take that ladder and use it the right way, it will be fine and stable. Will it be perfect? Will it be aluminum ladder? No, it might be just a wood ladder. I don't know. It might be very hard for you to put it on that wall. But once it's there, you can cross that barrier and get to the next barrier. You see, a lot of times what we see in front of us is one barrier, mm -hmm. like one locked door in this corridor of our journey. If you unlock that door, after that door, there's another locked door that you need to unlock. And after that one, there's another one and another one. Many people in business, in online course creation, they actually go in this one corridor, they unlock a door, they unlock another one, and they give up because there's like, there's 10 doors ahead of them that are locked. So they go back into another corridor, corridor and they start another direction, another door or two, they go back and start another corridor instead of just figuring out 10 doors, 10 big things in your business that you need to figure out first in order to get to the results. So, and, all, and going only on one direction for those three months. So, so I think that uh, it doesn't matter. I've coached people that were doing courses in other platforms, in Kajabi, in Thinkific, in all sorts of other platforms that personally I don't want to use. And I started with a wishlist member that right now it's not my preferred uh, system at all because it's so low end in comparison to some of the like visual builder type of uh, visual builder friendly type of solutions. So I, uh, I want you to know that actually it doesn't matter. With that said, uh, my businesses are uh, powered by Lifter LMS. It's a WordPress plugin. We like we like to, yes, we like to use it uh, in all of our platforms. We love the business model of being able to also work with our clients and help them build their businesses. We love, I love the fact that uh, you could use, build the entire platform and not pay anything until you start making money. And once you charge money, that's when you actually need to move into a premium account with them. And the premium account is, is affordable. So 
and the support is superb. So I love using Lifter LMS. That's my preferred solution, but it doesn't matter as long as you actually solve a problem in the world and create transformation in people's life, they will go with you to any platform. I have uh, clients of mine that I coach them. Their content is actually delivered through a Zoom live, uh, Facebook live uh, meeting. They don't even record the videos and put it into a platform. Their platform is, my knowledge is going to help your life change it into like a better life. That is their, their course platform. That is what I want people to take. It's not about the platform. It's about how you use it. Love that. So many good points there. Because it's kind of like, that's not going to be the difference between success. You know, whether you pick Kajabi or whether you pick Thinkific, you know, it's going to make very little difference. Maybe you save a few dollars here or there, or maybe one looks a little bit nicer, but, you know, it's going to make very little difference in the long run. I posted a question in my Facebook group a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Ziv, not sure if you saw it. It was essentially if someone, um, uh, if you purchased a course for, for over $2,000 and it was delivered on Google Drive as opposed to Kajabi, would you be upset? And it was interesting. You know, it was like, we're sort of half-half. Half the comments were like, ah, look, I'd like something better than Google Drive. But there was one really good comment there. One person was like, if it taught me what I wanted to learn, I wouldn't care if they delivered it on carrier pigeon. I would be happy with the, the result there. So that's the way yeah. I, I like to look at it as well there. And it's, it's one of those things, maybe once you're more experienced, okay, cool. Now you can look at, you know, doing some finer little things here and there, but at the start, you know, it doesn't matter too much. Been saying that, I love that you gave um, Lifter LMS a plug because the, the founder of that is a friend of both of ours. And he's also been on this podcast too. So check out the episode with Chris Badgett if you're listening. Uh, final question, Ziv, is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for plenty of people out there, plenty of artists, plenty of podcasters, plenty of course creators. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been. And if you could answer this in a few different ways, if you could give us a paid mentor, so someone that you've paid money to, you know, a course or coaching, an unpaid mentor, so you haven't paid them, but you follow them on social media, listen to their podcasts, follow them on Instagram, whatever it is. Uh, and then a book that either you recommend every entrepreneur should read or that you read and it changed your life the most. So paid, unpaid and book. Cool. So um, when people are listening to this podcast, they can't really see me, but I'm, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now that says Expand 02. And I paid $15,000 to wear this t-shirt uh, which was uh, a, a, like uh, a gift at the end of uh, a program by Russ Perry, who is the founder and CEO of Design People. And uh, when I chose to cho join uh, the Expand program, which is a coaching and an online course, and uh, by the way, speaking of like low-end technology, that online course was just a bunch of uh, links to unlisted videos, right? Mm. And just like here are the, here's the content and, and boom, like uh, just go through the transformation. By, and, and another, by the way, the transformation was way, way over one to 20 in return on investment on, on those $15,000. So it, that question that you ask uh, in your group, that smart question about, um, um, how, how would you feel if you bought a $2,000 uh, uh, course and it was delivered in this way or in that way? I would say many people answered this question and they never actually bought 
yeah. an online course for two thousand dollars. So that's a, a part of the problem seen uh, like in uh, in questions on Facebook groups. You yeah. you need to know the th- the context to be. And I'll, 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 I'll go deeper as well, like because I think there's also a difference. A lot of people maybe have never bought it, but there may be a lot of people that bought it but didn't get the result. Because I think that's the other thing. If someone's yeah. bought a course for $2,000, they didn't implement, didn't get any result, then it's easy. Oh, it was on Google Drive, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. If, it, if they bought it, didn't get the result, but it was on Kajabi and it looked nice, they can sort of justify their purchase and be like, oh, okay, I didn't get a result, but it was professional. It was on Kajabi. It looked nice. So I think that's the other thing. Not only have they purchased it, have they purchased it and got the result? then I think that's the person you want to speak to, right? Yeah, but I think there's, there's, a real, uh, like there's a real topic that we can talk about for hours uh, in another day, which is the sweet spot. So yeah. if you actually created a transformation, you, the, the platform will not matter that much. Yeah. If you created some of a transformation, and the platform is also better, there starts to be yeah. this feel. If you charge a lot of money for a small transformation, people will not talk about you. So... Yeah. You, it doesn't matter what, what would be the platform. Raspberry has managed to go through so many challenges in his personal life, and he talks about it in his uh, book, um, The Sober Entrepreneur. And that book, together with uh, his personal teaching, has really motivated me personally to own my path, to actually um, be bold, and to uh, strive towards expanding and to focus on other people's results in order to get there. And, uh, and I, I, I just uh, admire what he does in Design Pickle. It's an amazing service. I've been using them for years uh, for my design needs. These days, I, I already run a team of graphic designers that are amazing. But for many, many years, uh, 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 I was like a happy customer and uh, and that uh, program really was a life-changing uh, process and and, and uh, enlightenment, I would say, uh, because it it forced me to be to to, to become strategic mm-hmm. in my way of thinking. Before that program, I would just be this this energy ball that is constantly looking for how to you know bounce a bit. But nowadays, I am an arrow. I go into places with a direct uh, goal in mind. Uh, the second uh, type of mentor is uh, Ken Kelly uh, from uh, Counselor, Counselor Tutor uh, podcast and uh, he has an online course. He, he runs a seven-figure business uh, with a membership for people that are uh, in the UK only that are uh, learning how to become a psychotherapist, right? So it's a very, very specific micro niche. Um, Ken Kelly has been a, a podcaster in a podcast, in another podcast called Magician Business Podcast, which was the podcast that helps me realize that I want to go into podcasting. I uh, listened to every single podcast episode that he would release and learn a lot from him. And then over time, I was uh, brave enough to ask to be interviewed on that show. And that interview led me to be teaching uh, a class, a few classes in his online uh, school, uh, which was like he had a few of them uh, back then. And over time, he offered me to become 
a partner in this in that school with him and then he sold his school to me so mm-hmm. uh, balloon artist college became a chain with kids entertainer academy which was a, a school that Ken Kelly created with his partner Julian Mather and as a result of like all of it started this entire journey of like me uh, deciding to grow multiple schools and multiple businesses and nowadays I have six um, started with one podcast and one podcaster and uh, like all the inspiration that he shared through it uh, and that is Ken Kelly. <coughs> the third uh, type of inspiration you asked was about a book and I know there's a lot of books in the topic of creating your first uh, business like uh, Will It Fly by Pat Flynn and others mm-hmm. but if I have to choose one book um, and I would choose the book The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. The War of Art, not the art of war, like by Shan Tzu, the war, of, the, the, uh, the war of Art by Stephen Pressfield. That book uh, uh, tells the story of this voice that we all have inside our head, uh, which is the voice of resistance, and how that voice actually completely stops us with the ability to overcome fear, to, to, to fulfill ourselves, to get shit done. And uh, anything that Stephen Pressfield writes is gold in understanding how to overcome mindset issues. But that book is the beginning of it all. And I highly recommend anyone that is doing hard shit and is going through uh, uh, questioning himself or even if you're afraid of what you're uh, trying to achieve, you're afraid that it won't work, that it's not the right time, that, that people will ignore what you're doing, that, that, uh, that uh, you'll not make enough money. All those fears, um, you need to read that book. Awesome. Okay, great tips. Um, Ziv, anyone's listening to this? And they're like, all right, I like this man. I want to follow him. I want to hear more about him. Where do we go? Um, there's two ways to learn more about what we do. Uh, the first one is to go to dailycookie.co. That's where uh, me and the team of copywriters uh, actually offer course creators and coaches and business owners an opportunity to um, get us to write all of the copy that you need, basically to delegate the one thing that is undelegatable, which is now uh, finally delegatable, which is the relationships on through email marketing. So we write email sequences for people. We love it. And it's a very unique service, kind of like in Design Pickle by Raspberry, which is uh, a, like unlimited flat rate uh, service for designs. We offer uh, unlimited flat rate uh, service for emails, for copy. And that is at dailycookie.co. If you want to learn more about me as a business coach as, and as a mentor, you can just go to zivraviv.com. And that's where you can learn more about me. And I hope it's okay to give a plug to the Micro Niche Mastery podcast, of which is my, my latest and greatest, my, uh, my little uh, new baby. Uh, when you're hearing this, we're uh, recording season three uh, for the podcast, the Micro Niche Mastery, uh, available in any type of uh, podcast player. Awesome. And I've got all of these in the show notes. It was Micro Niche Mastery, the podcast. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I will put all those in the show notes. Ziv, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today. 
was there anything I should have asked you but forgot to or anything you wanted to finish us off with? Um, I think that uh, your audience might want to download this really cool swipe file for course creators um, that we've created. And um, this is a, a swipe file for selling your first few courses to your power base. So it's all about the first few steps when you're just starting out. Um, I'll give you the link. You'll go into it. You will need to kind of sign up for it and then we'll deliver this well thought of a swipe file of uh, original copy that anyone can just use immediately uh, as some sort of a welcome sequence or a sales sequence when you are uh, starting with your first course. Awesome. Yes, I'll put that in the, the show notes as well. Awesome, Zip. All right, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Course Creator Community Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.